Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. All right, so if you listen to me at all, and I hope you do all the time. By the way, if you can't catch me live, check us out on the free Odyssey app. You know, I don't really pay much attention to the college basketball uh, much these days. Look, I got married. I got a kid. I mean, something's got to give. And the college hoops for me, while I used to enjoy it a little bit, I was never a huge college basketball fan. I didn't go to a school. Well, I didn't go to school, period. So I don't have a rooting interest. Uh, so that was tough. I was in the Ivy League for a while because I did games at Columbia. So I pay a little bit of attention to that. But I really don't know what I'm doing anymore. When it comes to March Madness in the bracket. For that, we welcome in Jackson Heil, who I work with at SNY. And he's one of these guys, young kid. How old are you, Jackson? 23. But I'd put your college basketball. And Jackson sits behind me at SNY in our nice little corner over there where our desks are. You sit behind me every night. And you go. He's I call him Action Jackson because he's betting on all yep. these games. Nobody watches more college hoops. I will put your college basketball knowledge up against anyone's, Jackson. That's why you're here. Well, I appreciate that, Sal. And, um, yeah, you've, you've had the unfortunate experience of having to watch me suffer through Maryland games this year. At so you're times big, where, did you go to Maryland or no? No, so, so, so quick backstory. Yeah. I, went, I went to Fordham. Right. But my pops grew up down in Annapolis. My grandpa grew up there. None of them went to Maryland. Okay. But we grew up Maryland basketball fans. So Interesting. I, I fell in love with Maryland at a young age. I mean, I'll never forget one of the first times I think I ever cried watching sports was – the 2010 tournament when Corey Lucius hit a game-winning three to end Maryland's season. And Grievous Vasquez's career was my favorite college player of all time. And it started from there. And then this offseason, believe it or not, good friend of mine is the nephew of Kevin Willard. Okay. Who becomes the head coach at Maryland. Kevin Willard I've heard of. So he was the coach of Seton Hall for many years. Yeah. Greatly underappreciated. Goes to Maryland. Has a really good year. They're in the tournament this season. And... Now all my eggs are in Maryland's basket. Maryland so. or Fordham, if you had a rooting interest. Like, if they played against each other in a hypothetical matchup, who are you rooting for? Maryland, just because my loyalty's been there for so long. And shout out to Fordham, too. I mean, what yeah. a year Keith Ergo had in year one. But um, Ma- Maryland's been where my allegiance has been since I was born. So right. I-, I would have to go that direction. Big Orioles fan as well, yep. this Jackson. Anyway, all right. So you're here purposely to help us fill out the bracket, or help me fill out the bracket. Yes. And those of us who aren't, Diehard college basketball fan. So let's start with this. Forget the regions for a second. Mm -hmm. Is there a philosophy, because I've never been good at this, but I used to have a philosophy when I was paying more attention to it, the star player or just old school coach. Like I'll look at the East, for example, and see Kentucky. I'll see Tom Izzo with Calipari, Mm -hmm. Michigan State, uh, with Izzo, of course. And I start to pick them and think, oh, well, I know the history, great coach. That would be my philosophy, either big-time coach or big player. Obviously, it doesn't work all the time. Do you have a philosophy when you're filling out the bracket? I don't have a philosophy per se. I mean, there's definitely – I think there's four 
specific characteristics I look for in teams because I, I think winning in March comes down to this. Uh, I'll, I'll start with guard play. Right. Teams with really good guards, first and foremost, because they drive play. That, that, that's what happens in college basketball. The ball's in their hands all the time. So guard play is significant. Defense is a big one. T- teams that can guard. Defense wins championships. That's right. what they say. So I, I go with guards, defense, experience is so significant at the college level. Like You very rarely see teams that are built on the one and done, built on freshmen winning national championships. And then the fourth one is coaching. Like you said, I I think you can't ignore that because you you look at teams that have won national championships, you you talk about guys like Tom Izzo, who has won in March. Hasn't won in a while, but he's won in March. Bill Self at Kansas. Mike Krzyzewski, who's no longer at Duke. Roy Williams. Right, these Every are guys year, that I it's know. It's all these big guys. They win right. national championships, and coaching is so big, especially because you can't put all this onus on guys who are teenagers and twenty-one and twenty-two years old. So I look less at the programs, but I look more at the coaching and those three things: guard play, defense, experience. That that's how I build my. And bracket. don't you think that a lot of people look to the bracket and say, "Oh, it's March Madness. There's going to be upsets all over the place." Does that get kind of? Overhyped, like there are upsets, sure, but to a certain extent, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think people do pick too many upsets. Personally, I mean, that's something that as I've gotten a little better at this, and in the end, it's all a crapshoot. Let's, let's call ever, it a by space. the way, I should ask you this before I even invited you in. Have you ever won one of these March Madness? Pools? I have. Okay, um, la- sure. Last year was nowhere close. I yeah. lost one of my teams in national championship in the first few hours of the tournament when Kentucky lost to St. Peter's. But um, the year before, I I did really well. Um, I've I've Done pretty well for the most part. Last year was a bloodbath, so um, you need to bounce back this year. I, I do need to bounce back. So uh, plus, this is unlike any other, Jackson. You're now giving your bracket here yeah, potentially I, on the I'm, fan. I I'm, mean, people are listening. I'm putting. We know the Mets are. I'm putting my nuts on the line here, and and this is going to be a legacy <laughs> bracket for me. So uh, Jackson, take it easy. Yeah, it's I mean, a little much for my first time. Yeah, but, can um, we say that? I, I haven't even said that. I've been here for 20 years. We're going to say no. It's okay. Go but ahead. it's a legacy bracket for me. I mean, to give it out on the fan. Um, right. I, I, I got to do well this year, and I, I think I will. I, it's it's a wide-open tournament. I, well, I think that's, that's – I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's what I was going to ask you first because for the neophyte like me, I hear wide-open tournament. Now I yep. start thinking upset city. You Take me through the no, the notion of a wide-open yeah. tournament. So when I say wide-open tournament, I, I don't mean an, about upsets early, and I, I do think this is a tournament where we could see a lot of upsets early. Um but when I say wide open, I, I mean teams that can win a national championship. I mean, you go two years back, a year that I did really well in the brackets, there was only two teams that I thought could win a national championship. It was Gonzaga and Baylor. They were the two best teams all year. Gonzaga was undefeated going into the tournament. Baylor would have been undefeated if it wasn't for a COVID pause. This year, I think you could find six to seven teams that okay, could so win Okay, so that's it. a lot then. Yes, I, I, and I, I truly believe that's the case. Um with that said, I, I think a lot of them are stacked within each region. So from that perspective, it can be tougher because, listen, if you have, for example, just the West region alone. Uh, I, let's start there. We I, could start in the West yeah, region. Yeah, we'll start in the West. Uh, th- this is the group of death for me. I think there's I think there's three to four teams that can win a national championship. And, I mean, three Kansas, to four in this one region alone. In this one region alone. I mean, you have Kansas as the number one seed in this okay. region. I don't even think they're the second or third best team in this region right now, but they can win a national championship. Bill Self's a phenomenal coach. They had a great season after they lost so much from last year's team in Ochai Abaji and David McCormick. They can win a national championship. UCLA probably would have been the second favorite coming in to the tournament had they not lost Jalen Clark, who was their best defender, 
and really added some secondary scoring for them. But they can still win a national championship. Even without him? Even without him. Yeah. I, I, I'm less concerned about him after what I saw from Amari Bailey, who is their five-star freshman in the Pac-12 tournament. He was phenomenal. They probably should have beaten Arizona in the Pac-12 championship. Their bigs got in foul trouble. What I am worried about is they need Adam Bonin back, who's their fresh their freshman big man, because after him, they don't really have a lot of depth size-wise, and that's a problem when you have to face the likes of potentially Gonzaga, potentially UConn, who's another national championship favorite, going up against Adama Sanogo and Donovan Klingon. So they need him back, but they, they, they can win it all. I mean, angry Mick Cronin is not a guy you want to go up against, and I, I think UCLA is definitely... One of my two or three favorites to win UConn? the national championship right now. UConn in that category. UConn is in that category. They can win the national championship. They're probably on the the tier where it's like I think they can win a national championship. They can definitely get to a final four. That would be a big upset. No, UConn winning a national championship this year. Or no, it, it would be. But I mean, this was a team that was number one, number one in the nation. Go back to December, and, oh, okay. and they they had a rough start to Big East play. But um, it's not the typical UConn team. When you look at the last couple UConn teams that won the national championship, they had a Kemba Walker. They had a Shabazz Napier. This team doesn't have the guard play that UConn usually does, and that's what worries me. I, I think I don't know if Tristan Newton's good enough to be the point guard on a national championship team, but they're big. They're physical. Andre Jackson Jr. is one of my favorite players to watch in the country because he does a little bit of everything on the defensive end of the floor. He can move the ball. He gets them into their sets offensively, and then they have a Duo head monster down low in Adama Sonogo and Donovan Klingon, the freshman, who comes off the bench for him. So I think they can win it. I'm a little hesitant to pick them because of what we've seen with Hurley in the last couple of tournaments. They lost in the first round the last two years. Oh, Hurley's got an heavy- issue with the tournament? Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. Because yeah. I look at from the surface, I think, or from afar, hey, Hurley, I mean, no name, maybe coaching could be an advantage. You're saying no. Well, well, they lost in the first round last year to New Mexico State and Chris Johns, who just took the job at Mississippi State. They lost tonight in the first four to Pittsburgh, but... They lost in that game. They lost to Maryland the year beforehand, which I was very happy about. But can they lose this one to Iona? I don't think so. Okay. Um, Even Patino? I love Patino, but I mean, he's halfway out the door right now. And it's an interesting match. St. John's, you think? Yeah, okay. uh, it's a done deal, um, in my opinion. I mean, I can't see. Oh, you're, well, you're breaking news here? I'm not breaking news. I'm not breaking news. But, <laughs> I mean, come on. We all, we all know Rick Patino. The money's going to come his way. Uh, St. John's has had him pinpointed for a while. Uh, it's going to be exciting. It's time to sell their soul to get some wins here. All right, so you don't think Iona could upset UConn? That is an interesting matchup, though, obviously local here um, in that West region. So, all right, you like Kansas City. You mentioned them. You mentioned UCLA. Uh, Gonzaga or no? I'm back in on the Zags and I, for a couple reasons, but I think everyone kind of gave up on them two months ago, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they went through a stretch where defensively they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Their guard play was really poor. Um but if you look at what they've done the last few weeks, and specifically, I, I point to a game against St. Mary's at home where they started to apply a three-quarter pressure, three-quarter court pressure, and it kind of opened up their defense a little bit. And what the hell were you doing that you were watching this game? Like, what are you doing with yourself? Well, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, that's, okay, that's, a, big that's game. a high-level WCC matchup. Goodness. Uh, I mean, I, WBC, <laughs> I know Fleek's a big college basketball. You guys should hang out. I mean, you watch back college, although he's now married, so he's almost shot pretty soon anyway. That's a top 25 matchup, though. Is it? Gonzaga it is. Shows Mary's, you how little yeah. I know. All right, so that's a big uh, matchup. I mean, and St. Mary's, Mary's is good? Well, St. Mary's sounds like, oh, look at that nice team to be in the tournament. St. Mary's is really interesting, too. I mean, because Randy Bennett's a great coach. They, they have a really good freshman in Aiden Mahaney, who I call it Mahaney time in the second half. He takes over games. Him and Logan Johnson form a great backcourt. I, I worry about their athleticism because you go up against a team in VCU who 
Mike Rhodes has done a terrific job there, and they apply pressure. Ace Baldwin was the defensive player of the year mm-hmm. in the eight ten. He averages six sixteen a game and can can he can really score, but that's a tough matchup for them because what we saw with St. Mary's and what I was getting to with Gonzaga is they've really struggled with backcourt pressure. And that's what kind of opened up Gonzaga's defense. And their guard play has gotten better throughout the year. Nolan Hickman, who's a sophomore, has gotten really a lot better this year. Rasir Bolton can shoot it. So I worry about their defense because we haven't really seen them put together full games defensively other than these two at the end of the month against St. Mary's going into the tournament. But Mark Few's a great coach. He's one of the he, he really should win a national championship soon. He's been to two national championships in the last six tournaments. Oh, still didn't get one, huh? It's a matter of time for All him. All right. It is a matter of time for All him. All right, so, so give me your – let's wrap up the West with this. I want you – you have your bracket filled out, I'm assuming, right? Yes, I do. I want your – we'll go over the Elite Eight picks, and then okay. from there we go to the Final Four. So give me in your West who's going to be in the Elite Eight. So I have UCLA, UConn. Okay. Um, I, I actually think wow, one you got of, UConn beating Kansas, so, huh? Believe it or not, I actually have Kansas losing to Arkansas. Wow, in, in the in second the, round. So, so that's one of my bigger upsets. And I'll give you the. Re- I mean, Arkansas is one of these teams that I just can't quit. It's like it's like that girlfriend that just keeps doing you wrong. Mm, I know. But about every that, every something they they do something right to pull you back in and. For, for Arkansas, now, it's, they're finally getting healthy. You don't have a lot of experience with that. You're only 22. No, no, no. no. I, I've only had one girlfriend in my life, so it, wow. I, I don't. I don't know much about it. But for the analogy purpose, oh god, you're so young. <laughs> you're so, and you got a lot of pain in front of you, my friend. Oh, I certainly do, and probably more pain <laughs> in this bracket than anything I'll experience on the girl side. But uh, it's a good. But uh, Arkansas is one of these teams. I mean, I fell in love with them at Maui because they're so athletic defensively. They have a really good freshman in Anthony Black, who's a lead guard. He's six six. He has size, is a good decision maker. He plays defense, but they lost Trayvon Brazil for the year, and he was a big piece of this team because he was a stretch five who can really shoot it from three, and this team just doesn't have a lot of three-point shooters, but they've gotten Nick Smith back, who's a five-star freshman, who they've been begging for to get back because he can really score. But, again, they've still struggled down the stretch of games. I, I They struggle to score, but they're a good matchup for Kansas because they're really athletic. They can press them on the perimeter, and... The big thing for Kansas with me is that they are really relying on Dewan Harris, their their starting point guard. When he has bad games, they tend to struggle a lot. And Arkansas has Anthony Black, who can shut him down. Jalen Wilson's obviously an All-American, had a fantastic year. But Jordan Walsh is a freshman who can really guard on the perimeter. They can switch one through five. I think this is a bad matchup for Kansas, whether they have to play Arkansas or Illinois, who's a similar team in that they're athletic. They have some guys who can guard on the perimeter. Well, Kansas they can is shoot. in that second round. I do, and and again, we we talked it's about a big the, upset taking out a one that early. It is, it I is. I like it, but bold. You look at the the three things that they have. They have guard playing Anthony Black and Nick Smith. Their defense is phenomenal. They're top fifteen in the country in defensive efficiency, and they have coaching. Eric Musselman's been to the Elite Eight the last two seasons, and he's done a fantastic job getting transfers in. Haven't even mentioned Ricky Council, the fourth, who's done a really good job. From a scoring perspective, so it's like you're finding out these names, and I'm just like, oh yeah, that one. I, <laughs> like Eric Musselman, I feel like I remember. Was he in the NBA? He was. Yeah, he played a center and in his, the NBA. Well, he his, he was a coach, and his dad was a coach too in the okay. NBA. And uh, Musselman went back to Nevada. He did a great job. He's one of the guys who really has taken advantage of the transfer portal. I mean, you saw him do it at Nevada. He had the Martin twins there, Jordan Caroline. They got to a Sweet 16 there, and and now he's done it at Arkansas. I mean, back to back Elite Eight. 
So, I won't bet against Eric Musselman. All right, so you have Arkansas over Kansas. Even if it is Illinois, you're yep. going to take them over Kansas. And you said UConn and UCLA in the West region in the Elite Eight, right? Yes. All right, let's move up to you. Anything else that you wanted to get in there? No, I'll, I'll save my final four picks for later. Yeah, but, we'll, no, we'll do that. But I'm just saying anything else from that West region that you think is notable early on? Any upsets? Um, anything to look for? Well, So I have VCU beating St. Mary's. I think that's going to be a semi-popular uh, pick. 12-5, yeah. yeah I, I just think it's a bad matchup for St. Mary's just because of the athleticism, because of the way Mike Rhodes and VCU, they like to pressure. It's it's not like Shaka Smart when he was there. When they really would play 94 feet, they would play defense against you. But uh, Ace Baldwin's one of my favorite guards to watch in the country. Brandon Johns had a big A-10 tournament to transfer from Michigan. So I, I really like VCU defensively. I don't think they can get past UConn just because I don't think they have the bigs to defend them. But uh, I like them to beat St. Mary's. I, I think Arkansas-Illinois is an interesting game, but... Um, other than that, TCU is a wild card in this region. That's the, that's the last thing I'll mention about this. I mean, they were a team that they have one of the best wins in America this year. They went to Allen Fieldhouse and beat Kansas by 20-plus, which is one of the hardest things to do in the nation is win in that building. So they, they have a dynamic set of guards in Mike Miles Jr. and Damian mm-hmm. Bow, but um, I, I just don't think they have enough to beat Gonzaga right now, especially without Eddie Lampkin, who just went to the transfer portal. We're talking with Jackson Heil, my buddy over at SNY. I deem him the college basketball expert. Deny me of that action, Jackson Heil, as a matter of fact, is the nickname we call him. All right, let's go to the Midwest region, to the top of the right here uh, on this bracket. Mm-hmm. Houston, the number one seed, and a lot of people are high uh, on them. Penn State, Fleegs is yep. Nittany Lions. They've, uh, you know, did uh, some great things in the Big Ten tournament. And Fleegs, you could Hop in when we discuss Penn State uh, as well here. If you uh, like Fleas, is better, you know certainly a Penn State yeah. expert as well. But college hoops, uh, what jumps out to you from this Midwest region? Guards in this region, the best set of guards we'll find in this. I mean, Houston, you talked about it. Marcus Marcus Sasser, his health is a concern right now. He hurt his groin in the AAC tournament, but he was a first team All American. He is a massive part of what Houston does. But I, I think Jamal Shed. Is probably my favorite player in the country on Houston. Sal, you would love this kid. I mean, he's a blue-collar guy. He is a dog. He plays hard mm. defense. He can score. He can get to the rim, and he and he steps up in crunch time. But you talk about going to translate guards. to the NBA or no? No, he's too small oh, okay. to play in the All NBA, right. unfortunately. But um, he's a guy who, if Houston does win the national championship, he he's going to be a big part of it. Um, Texas has great guards. Marcus Carr can really score. Tyrese Hunter, the transfer from Iowa State, had a really good year. And Serge Jabari Rice, one of the best names in the NCAA tournament, also has the best pump fake in America. Um, he comes off the bench for them. We talked about uh, our man Fleegs. Jalen Pickett's maybe the best guard in the country right now. I mean, he's so much fun to watch. Jalen Hood Shafino on Indiana, he's going to be a pro. Um, and Miami. I mean, Miami has really great guards. Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack, Jordan Miller. Um, this is the region of guards, and it's going to be it's going to be a fun region to watch. All right, give me. You talked about the teams before. You think could win a championship? What are we looking at from the Midwest who have uh, that potential? To me, it's Houston, and that's really it. Um, okay. I think Texas will be a popular pick. They had a really big Big Twelve tournament, but and, and give credit to Rodney Terry. I mean, he took over an impossible situation when Chris Beard was fired because of the domestic abuse allegations earlier in the season, but. At times, I don't think they defend well enough, and their guards, to me, go into slumps. I mean, I love Marcus Carr, but he is susceptible to a bad shooting night. And when their guards don't score, this team really has a lot of trouble scoring. And um, one of the big things that I look for in upset picks is teams that are trending upwards and teams that are bad matchups. I I think whoever Texas plays in the round of 32 whether it be Texas A&M or Penn State, that's my favorite game of the first round right now. I I have Penn State winning 
in that game. And I had Penn State going to the Sweet 16. Wow. Beating Texas because they're, they're just so hard to guard because they can spread you out. Uh, Jalen Pickett is probably the best guard from a post-up perspective in America. I mean, he can kick it out. They have shooters in Andrew Funk. Um, you look at Seth Lundy. I don't think I've ever seen Seth Lundy miss a shot hmm. this season. Um, but they're hard guard because they can spread you out, and they take away what Texas does defensively because they're so strong athletically. I mean, Dylan DeSue and Dylan Mitchell are two really good defenders, but if they can spread you out and shoot over the top, which Penn State can, and is maybe the best three-point shooting team in the country, Penn State? I, I think it's a bad matchup for Texas. Penn State may be the best three-point shooting team in the country? Please. Yeah, well, they take a ton. I mean, Andrew Funk led the Big Ten in three-pointers. You have Seth Lundy, too, who, like Jackson said, is a terrific shooter. And Pickett, while he is, I, I won't even say maybe, he's the best guard in post-play. He can also shoot it from three. They can kill you from the perimeter. If they're hot now, they're much better all season. They're much better at home than on the road. But in the Big Ten tournament, it looks like a light finally went off for them on how to hit threes on neutral sites, which is huge for the NCAA how tournament. How far you have them going in your bracket? Aside from like a, a you know a homer pick, realistically, how far do you have them going? Well, that's the toughest thing. I think their toughest matchup early on would be the second round. Yeah. Texas is a really tough team, and A&M is also just a brutal draw. As the bracket was coming out, I saw them as a 7 seed, knowing Penn State was probably going to be on that 10 line and just saying, no, 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 <laughs> you know, bleep. A- a- because A&M, A&M, should be, A&M should be probably a six seed. I think they're better than at least one or two of the six seeds in this bracket. A&M is a rough draw. I think, like Jackson, either one of those teams wins. They can give Texas a real fight, but I think Texas is tough, too. I've been a Marcus Carr fan for a long time, his two years at Minnesota. He really struggled when he went to Texas last year. I was high on him. He rebounded in a big way this year. One of the big things that changed with Texas when when Rodney Terry took over for Chris Beard is that they played a lot more up-tempo, and it kind of freed up their guards a little bit offensively, including Carr. I mean, he was phenomenal at Minnesota, like you mentioned, and even when he was at Pitt for a year, I I thought he was pretty good, but... um, this is an interesting bracket to me because this side of the bracket because I, I don't this is probably the least chalky hmm. in terms of upsets. Um, I have Kent State going to the Sweet 16 as well. I, I think they're a really bad matchup um, for Indiana because one they're really good defensively and two they have a lead guard in sincere carry who can really score. Rob Senderoff has done a phenomenal job with that program and. The, the problem with Indiana for me, and, and this might be a little bit of, pers- of a personal play because I was just in Chicago this past weekend for the Big Ten tournament. Right. Maryland played Indiana, lost Indiana, and that was an entirely Indiana crowd. And um, it, it, it was getting a little chippy at times with the fans. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm not a huge fan of that fan base right now. But my problem with Indiana is that outside of Trace Jackson Davis, who is phenomenal, he, he's one of the two best players in the country to me right now, he's going to get his. But Jalen hood Shafino, who is going to be a really good pro, is susceptible to a bad night here and there. I mean, And we've seen him take some really bad shots. He can also go for 35 on any given night. But if you find a way to shut hood Shafino down, you can really beat Indiana. Because outside of that, their guards aren't that good. I'm not a believer in Trey Galloway. I'm not a believer in Miller Cop. You know Trace Jackson Davis is going to get hit. If you focus on shutting down Jalen hood Shafino, Indiana is very beatable. And on their best nights, they can go out and beat anyone in the country. We saw them beat... Purdue on the road at Mackey Arena in one of the more impressive wins this season, but at their worst, they can lose to anyone. All right, so you're not gonna you're gonna go chalk. I'm assuming with Houston in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I, so I, I have Houston playing Iowa State, which I, I think will probably be my most surprising pick. Um, I, Iowa I'm a, State. Yeah, Iowa State to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I'm I love how this draw breaks for them because I think they're a lot better than Pitt. If they play Mississippi State, 
that would have been the worst game of the tournament because that would have been first to 40 wins. That, that Those are two real eye bleeders offensively. <laughs> but I love TJ Otzelberg. I love what he's done defensively with this program. They went to the Sweet 16 last year because they can really guard. And I like the matchup with Xavier in the next round because if you look at the teams that Xavier has struggled with this year, it's teams that can really guard. And they keep you away from the middle of the floor. Xavier has two really good guards in Sully Boom and Colby Jones, who can do a lot. But teams that keep you away from the middle of the floor are really hard to play against in March. And that's exactly what Iowa State is. They have two transfers from St. Bonaventure and Jaron Holmes and Ushuno Shuni, who have been a real big piece of this team. They lost Caleb Grill, who's probably their best shooter. He left the team a few weeks ago, but they played well against Baylor in the Big 12 tournament. They're a team that their defense travels, and they're experienced, and they have a really good coach in TJ Otzelberger. I think they can get to the Elite Eight. That's it, why you favor them over Penn State? I do, because I, I think they will give they will give Penn State trouble because the way they post-trap, the way they defend the perimeter, they're really tough to play against. it, And just the way the bracket kind of falls for them, I, I like Iowa State, and it's going to be a good draw for Houston because I, I think they'll play Iowa State in, in the Elite Eight. And again, they're my favorite to win it all. All right, All right so. so we have the right side of the bracket complete as far as the Elite Eight goes. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do the left side with the South region and the East region. That's going to take place here in New York, so looking forward to that. We'll get the Elite Eight, and then we'll do the Final Four on the other side. Get your calls in uh, at some point as well, 877-337-6666. We're talking with Jackson Heil. Action Jackson Heil, my buddy over at SNY, a college basketball expert getting the bracket Filled out by Jackson here. So we'll do that more so on the other side. Salica. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Out of On the Fan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The ball game is over. And Shea Stadium will close its doors for the final time this afternoon. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Salicata back on the fan with Jackson Heil in studio. Action Jackson breaking down the bracket. Hey, you don't need to find a pot of gold to strike it rich this March. Instead, win money on your tournament wagers with Superbook Sports. Superbook features the best team of odds makers in the business, so they're the safe bet. 
When it comes to sports gambling, you have a direct line to their experienced staff behind the counter in Las Vegas. They also have one of the most extensive betting menus around. So no matter what you want to wager on come tournament time, Superbook is sure to have it. Download the Superbook app and start winning today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So let's move to the left side of the bracket or the south for whatever uh, you want to be specific here. The south region. You know, Alabama's had that uh, ugly incident take place oh, here. Yeah. I mean, what a mess that is, if you want to explain what's going on with that. But they are the top seed uh, in the South. I like my Princeton Tigers. Well, I hate Princeton, but Ivy League. I know they're the 15th seed, but I'm hoping for an upset there, Jackson. Don't ruin my dreams. Uh, well, the only promise is I won't have them going as far as you did, as you said on, uh, <laughs> on a sports night last night, Princeton to the Final Four. But oh, I mean, they wanted um, me to come up with something. I was like, yeah, all right, here you go. Uh, Ivy League. I'm, I'm picking with my heart. <laughs> and again, I hate Princeton, but I want to see the Ivy League hey, I'm win the Ivy game. League guy, too. My, both my parents went to Cornell, so I watch a lot of Ivy League basketball. And uh, Princeton, Princeton beat a really good Yale team in, in the Ivy League championship. And um, the one thing that bothered me about the Ivy League, just quick, they never had a conference tournament for so long, which is so dumb. Yeah, to me. I know. It's just stupid. Yeah, that, that's where the entertainment value is. And I wish well, they had it with Kyle Smith. I don't know if you're familiar with Kyle Smith. I do know the name. He I'm was trying- the former. I don't know where the hell he is now. He went from Columbia to the University of San Francisco, then to Washington State. Correct. Is that where he is yes. right now? Okay. And he's an excellent coach. Yeah. He was great with Columbia, and I wish he were there a little bit longer while this tournament was in play, but he had left, and uh, the program hasn't been very good since. Anyway, um, what are we looking at here when we're looking at the South region? You see some upsets. Is Bama going to be a a chalk pick here? What are we looking at? Uh, The region of pace for me. A lot of teams that love to win because they dictate pace. I mean, you look at Bama, they push the tempo. Nate Oates has done a great job with the team on the basketball court, uh, off the court aside, but they're a team that loves to push the tempo. They shoot threes. Arizona is probably my favorite team to watch in the country and with the way they play offense, they really push the tempo. I mean, you look at the College of Charleston, what a story they've been. Pat Kelsey leading them to 31 wins. They play at a fast pace. And then you also have the polar opposite end of the spectrum, too, and teams that love to slow the game down. I mean, Virginia plays at a snail's pace, as we know. San Diego State can really muck it up and play slow games. Virginia's still playing slow? I mean, (laughs) back when I was in college basketball, they were slow. Does that ever change? Tony Bennett, you know, great coach. But, I mean, they they are an eyesore to watch How long has he been there for? Long time, yeah, okay, many uh, years. I mean, he got his national championship though, and w- well deserved. But... Oh, right, maybe that's why I got mixed up with few before. I thought that yeah. uh, maybe few had it, but you're right. Okay, yeah, they they had the complete turnaround, losing to UMBC the first um, round, right, getting knocked yes. off as a one seed, and, right? And the head coach of that UMBC team is in this region as well, Ryan Odom, the head coach of Utah State. But um, Virginia can play slow. San Diego State plays really slow, and then you have a couple teams that can mix it up and play at everyone's pace, which is a team. I look at in Creighton. Creighton can run and gun, but they can also slow it down and play really good defense. Baylor's an interesting team to me because their guards are so good. I mean, at, I'm... It's your formula, guard play. It is. I consider myself the president of the Adam Flagler fan club, self-proclaimed. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the country. Keontae George is going to be a pro. He's going to be a lottery pick. And LJ is a really good shooter, but this team plays no defense. And I love Scott Drew. He's a great coach. They are so reliant on those three to make shots that they don't let their defense help them. They don't rebound well. I'm out on Baylor, but they're a really fun team to watch. NC State's an interesting matchup in that first round because they have two really good guards in Terquavion Smith and Jarkel Joyner. They have uh, 
I'm forgetting the big guy inside Burns, who is was the Big South Player of the Year at Winthrop and transferred to NC State. But this is a really interesting region. It's the region of pace for me. How about your Maryland team? You know what stinks about this is that they're the first game of the tournament on Thursday and of the first round. So ah, uh, twelve fifteen. The twelve fifteen start on Thursday. So my mood's going to be made at two o'clock, whether I'm going to really want to watch this tournament or not. But it's an interesting matchup for them because I think West Virginia, for for so much of this year, they they wanted to prove to you that they weren't very good, but they picked it up at the end of the year. Eric Stevenson has really shot the ball well. The transfer from Wichita State down the stretch. Keaty Johnson to me is their X factor. If he's shooting the ball well from the perimeter, they're really tough to guard. They have a kid from the Bronx, an Iowa transfer, and Joe Toussaint, who's their point guard. But to to me, this game comes down to to two things. One, you got to keep Julian Reese out of foul trouble. The sophomore big from Maryland was really stepped up down the stretch of the season, has taken a massive leap under Kevin Willard. And Jameer Young's got to play well. He didn't play well in the Big Ten tournament. He's been their lead guard all year. They are so reliant on what he does offensively, scoring the ball. So if he if he's scoring the ball and he can get you 20 points, this is a winnable game for Maryland. The one thing that I was really happy to see was almost every expert in America has West Virginia winning oh, this game. Lock it in Maryland. Which, which means yeah. we're going to have a, probably a max play on Maryland money line. <laughs> but the last time Action this happened. Action Jackson at it again. I, I will like say it. this. Just go to Superbook Sports. Yeah. I, I will say this. The last time Maryland was in the tournament, they're in a similar situation where they played UConn, a team that played really well down the stretch. They had a pro in James Booknight. Everyone in the world on UConn, and Maryland proved the haters wrong. And I think they'll do it again. All right, so you're looking at this region. You said Baylor, you're out on them. Yeah. At what point are they getting ousted here? I, I have them losing to Creighton in okay. round two. Creighton's a really dangerous team. They have maybe the best starting five um, in the country, in my opinion. Their guards are really good in Ryan Nemhard and Trey Alexander. Baylor Shireman, the transfer from Sandy, uh, South Dakota State University, has had a big year. And they're an interesting matchup for Arizona because they have Ryan Kalkbrunner inside, who's one of the best rim protectors in America, Arthur Kaluma can play against Azulis Tubelis because he's a great athlete. My one worry for them is if they get in foul trouble, um, just anyone gets into foul trouble, they don't have the depth to really sustain that. Um, so, so that's my real concern with Creighton, but they are good enough to win a national championship if they stay out of foul trouble because they have one of the best backcourts in America. This is probably Greg McDermott's best defensive team. He's usually known for high-flying offenses, really good guards. I mean, we, we saw with his son... In years past, they have some really good offensive teams. The year they got cut off by COVID, they were the hottest team in America with Marcus Sigurowski. So many good scores. But this team is really good defensively, and they can play a lot of different styles. Like I said, they can run and gun with Zona and Bama, but they can also slow it down in the half court. What about with and Princeton? Play defense. Because Princeton's going to beat Arizona. I mean, Does Princeton have any chance to beat Arizona? I don't think so, okay. personally. Um, Come on, Jackson. Tommy Lloyd is going to be the next great coach. In college basketball. I mean, he did such a good job last year um, with his first year in charge. He's a Mark Few disciple, as many know. But um, I really like how this plays out early for Arizona because Missouri-Utah State are two teams that don't play a lick of defense, but they can really score. And the teams that Arizona struggle with are teams that can really play physical with them down low. They can take away the high-low that they like to run with Umar Balo and Azulis Tubelis. And I don't think either Utah State or Missouri can do that. But... That first round 7-10 matchup will be one of the more entertaining games. That that game could be played in the 90s between those teams, and it'll be a fun one to watch. But um, I, I do have an upset in this region. It's Furman okay. over Virginia. Um, 
We talked about Virginia. 13 over four. All right. 13 over four. Furman is a really good offensive team. They can shoot it from behind the arc. Uh, Slauson's a really good shooter. And and Bob Ritchie's done a really good job. This team has a chip on their shoulder, too. They've played with it all year after losing losing in their conference championship a year ago to Chattanooga on a buzzer beater when they were up by two, a half-court shot. Um, That lost them the game and lost them a chance at an automatic bid. So this team's been playing with a chip on their shoulder. I like the way they play offensively because the way to beat Virginia is against this pack line defense, you got to shoot over the top of them. And Furman gets a lot of their points from behind the arc. 50% of their shots are three-pointers. So we've seen the way that Virginia has lost in the past. We saw UMBC beat them when they shot over the top. Ohio, a couple years ago, when they upset Virginia in a similar situation, in a 13 versus a 4, they shot over the top of them. I I think this is a big upset spot um, for Virginia. And they just haven't played well down the stretch. I mean, they, they played a tight game against Louisville. They played a tight game... Uh, against Florida State, and don't you they think, lost to BC. Like, if you're going to pick against Virginia at some point anyway, it's better to pick the upset early, yeah, right? I, I, Take I, your I chances think, with the 13. Yeah, I, I just don't like the matchup. And they've proven in the past that they're susceptible to upsets. And I just don't think they have enough scoring power because Kia Clark and Reese Beekman are great players, but they're not assertive scorers. They're more of, a, they're more of facilitators. They can play off the dribble, but, I mean... All right, it's, so, e- it's easy to scout Virginia, too, because you know what you're getting. You're going to get the mover blocker offensively, which is quite boring to watch, but it's effective. And you know that they're going to play pack line defense. So if you shoot over the top and you get stops, it, it, it's a game that's winnable for them. So keep an eye out for the Furman over Virginia upset there, according to Jackson. Give me your Elite Eight picks from this uh, South region. So as much as I talked about that I love Arizona, um, I think Creighton's going to take them down wow, in the Sweet 16. I so like it. I, I have a couple six seeds going to the Elite Eight, which is a little dangerous because the 6-11 is, is probably the most popular upset region. But I, I think this is the year Greg McDermott makes a big run in March. And I, I, I love Arizona. I, I think Tommy Lloyd's going to do great things there. Their guards scare me because I, I love Kirk Creesa. But when things go wrong for him, it kind of just spirals out of control. And we talked about how important guard play is in March. And when things go wrong... For Arizona, they go really wrong. And I think Creighton's a bad matchup for them because, one, I think they can protect the paint with Ryan Cockbrunner. They can play high-low using Arthur Kaluma and Cockbrunner in the paint. And, and then they can score with them, and they can run with them if they really have to. So I, I like Creighton, and I think they're going to go up against Bama. Um, okay. My favorite play in the first round, by the way, mm-hmm. um, San Diego State minus 5.5 against Charleston. I think this Look is an that, awful matchup. Action Jackson throwing it's, in a best bet on I will, top I, of I, this. I, I like it. This is my favorite play of the first round. It's a really bad we'll matchup for Charleston. Will do a little family Charleston. play on that one? Yeah, we, we certainly will. Jackson I mean, and I got involved some, in some Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football along the way. We had some success this year. We, we really did. and. Um, so, so San Diego State is my favorite play, minus five and a half against Charleston. I'm marking that one down. I'm Pat Kelsey had a phenomenal year, but they like to push the pace, and San Diego State can really slow the game down. They're super athletic, um, and Brian Dutcher's a great coach, man. Like they, they, they have a senior-led team this year. Matt Bradley, Darian Trammell in the backcourt. Nathan Mensah can protect the paint for them. I just think with how physical they can play against Charleston, which really isn't up for that type of game, they want to push the tempo, get out in transition, hit threes. 
this is a bad matchup for them. So I'm, I'm going San Diego State minus five and a half is my best bet. Ooh, in this I like first that. Round. Forget just the brackets. Go straight yep. with San Diego State. All right, I love it. Let's move on to the East now here, Jackson. This is probably my favorite because it has so many teams. The, the blue bu- bloods, so to speak, with Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, teams that I am familiar with, the head coaches, of course. Uh, what do you like here in the East region? Region of flaws for me because I, I think there's a lot of teams that can get to the Final Four in this region, but... I don't think there's a national champion coming out. I, I'd be stunned if the national champion comes out of this. The weakest the region, region in your mind? It's not the weakest region, but there's a lot of teams that, like I said, I think there's five or six teams in this region that are good enough to get to the final four. But they all have a flaw that I don't. I think prevents them from winning a national championship. I mean, let's we'll start with Purdue right off the bat. I mean, they have the best player in America in Zach Eady, but they start two freshmen and Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer in the backcourt. That's a really dangerous thing to do in March. Like you, you, To have two freshmen in the backcourt, and not only two freshmen, but Fletcher Lawyer has hit a complete wall in the last month of the season. He's a liability defensively. I like Braden Smith, but this team really struggles with ball pressure, and if you can attack them with guards that are athletic, they're easy to beat. And, I mean, I look at this 8-9 matchup. Both of those teams have that. Like, Memphis won the American last week. Kendrick Davis is probably the most underrated player in the country, he can really score and he can put pressure on Purdue's defense. So I think there's a potential eight nine upset in Florida Atlantic. What a job Dusty May did this year. And what's interesting about Florida Atlantic to me is that they're a conference USA team. When when you see teams like this have really good seasons, they're led by experienced seniors who have been there a lot. This Florida Atlantic team is led by three sophomores: John L. Davis, Elijah Martin. And then Vladislav Golden, who is a transfer from Texas Tech, all sophomores who can really score the basketball. And you think they can beat Purdue? I think both of those teams, Memphis and Florida Atlantic, and that's can what you're beat picking Purdue. Purdue out in the second round there? I'll get there, but again, Purdue is a flawed team. Marquette has played as good of basketball as anyone down the stretch. Tyler Kolek, what a f- season he's had. He's the Big East player of the year. Marquette was picked ninth in the Big East preseason poll. And they went out, win the Big East regular season title. They win the Big East championship. I do have questions about their defense, though. We talked about Can- about the region of flaws. Kansas State, two really good players in Marquise Noel. And Keontae Johnson, who might be the best story in college basketball. I don't know if you remember this a few years ago, but he was on Florida. He collapsed on the floor. His heart stopped beating. Hmm. And it looked like he was going to pass away for a moment. But he comes back, now playing some of the best ball of his career. He should have been an All-American this year. But, again, the analytics don't really like Kansas State. How about Duke? Everybody's high on Duke, no? Duke is good, but again, first-year head coach. They're really relying on freshmen, Kyle Filipowski, Mark Mitchell, Derek Lively. Their guards are good, and Tyrese Proctor's had a really good year, but a first-year head coach and a team that's so reliant on freshmen scares me a little bit. Um, And they have a really tough first-round match. I mean, Oral Roberts was a shot away from going to the Sweet 16 two years ago, uh, to the Elite Eight, excuse me, two years ago. Max Acemus is an excellent lead guard. I'm sure a lot of people remember him for the performance he had against Ohio State and then Florida in the NCAA tournament. They have a seven-foot transferring Connor Vanover who can really protect the rim. That's a really tough matchup for them in that first round. But I I would say that Duke is going to be a team. Duke's a team that can easily get out of this region. I have them going far in the bracket. But again, I, I worry about them to win a national championship because of John Shire 
and because how reliant they are on freshmen. All right, so give us your we'll do you give me your elite eight here in this region. We'll take a quick break, then we'll come back and do the final four. So, so it's, what do you at, got? it's actually the two teams I just talked about. Duke, I think, is going to elite eight. I love the way they've been playing. Their guards are going to give Purdue a lot of trouble, and I, I think that's the worst imaginable matchup for Purdue right now is Duke because. One, they can protect the rim, and they can guard Zach Eady one-on-one with Derek Lively, who was the number one freshman in the country. We haven't seen it offensively, but defensively, they are a really tough matchup for Purdue. And then Marquette. I just think that they're the best of the bunch in this bottom part of the bracket. Kentucky's an interesting team that could potentially make a run. But Oh, that's my team. Is, Coach is, Cal, who's a favorite of mine. This is far from Calipari's best best uh, team. People I mean, writing them off, though. I'm picking I'm picking Kentucky. Interesting. Okay. In my bracket, I'm, yeah. It's it's a ba- it's an interesting battle with Providence because it, it's kind of two similar teams that underperformed this year. That's a revenge game for Bryce Hopkins, who's Providence's best tr- best player, and he's a transfer from Kentucky. And Calipari basically said, "You're not good enough to play for me." Went to Providence, had a phenomenal year. That's an interesting matchup, but I, I think Marquette is the is the best team to come out of that bottom side, and they'll play Duke in the Elite Eight. All right, let's do the final four. We could break into the top here, so we'll keep it here, Jackson. Let's get to the final four. You broke it down. Let's start here where we uh, ended up in the East. Duke, Marquette, who's going to the final four? Struggled with this matchup for a while. Um, I'm going to go with Marquette because I, I think I think their bigs are a really bad matchup for Duke. This is probably the worst matchup for Duke that they can face in this region, maybe other than Tennessee um, because of their athleticism, but... I like Marquette. I, I think their guards are going to be able to handle the pressure that Duke's going to provide from Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor. Talked about Tyler Cola. Cam Jones can really score, but um, I think this is the year Shaka breaks through again. This team has played with a chip on their shoulder all season long. It would be a great storyline for them to basically completely turn around this program from where it was. And Shaka Smart hasn't won a tournament game in 10 years. I think that changes been that this year. Long? It's been that long, Jeez. which is crazy. He didn't want to... Tournament game at Texas. His last year there, they were a three seed and lost to Abilene Christian. But I like Marquette in this region. I think their guards are good enough to do it. I still question them defensively, but I think the matchups they're going to have are favorable for them, and especially this one with Duke. So I'm going to go with Marquette out of this region. Bama, Creighton, in the South. You can see I've had this crossed off like three different times. I I, I want to take Creighton in this matchup. Um, and. To be honest, oh, I, I, really, on, I, really, I really don't want to root. some of that sack that you were talking about <laughs> earlier. Come on. <laughs> I really don't want to root for Bama just because of all the storylines right. they've had this year. But, I mean. You think they're going to win when, Bama? When it, when it comes down to it, Brandon Miller is going to be the best player on the floor in every game that he plays this year. I mean, this kid can score. He's 6'9". He can stretch the floor. He's a really good shooter. And I think Bama just has the athleticism and depth that Creighton doesn't. And I, I do worry about Creighton eventually running into foul trouble at some point because Bama just puts constant pressure on you offensively. So I'm going to go with Bama in this Bama one. Marquette. I'm going with Bama. I, wow, I, I think Bama's going to be in the final. Bama will be in the national championship for me. And um, I, again, a bad matchup for Marquette because I, I think Bama has the depth down low. I mean, they can play four different bigs. I mean, Clowney's had a really good year. Betty Yako's excellent rim protector. But they also have the guards that can handle and play defense. Jaden Bradley's done a really good job as the year has gone on. Mark Sears, the transfer from Ohio, has really added some stability to Bama's backcourt. And again, it, when it comes down to it, Brandon Miller is going to be the best player on the floor, so I'm going with Bama. Midwest, Houston, and Iowa State. I talked about it before. Um, I'm going with Houston here. This is a really tough matchup because Houston does everything. I mean, their guards are phenomenal. They attack you on defense. They're the best rebounding team in the country, and 
to me, if Marcus Sasser is healthy, I, I, I can't see Houston losing in this region. So I'm going to go with Houston. It'll be a good run for Iowa State, but they don't get there. UConn, UCLA. UCLA, UCLA is an easy pick for me here. I, I think this could be a potential blowout just because wow. it's a bad matchup um, for UConn because they don't have the guards. And where UConn has struggled this year was elite ball pressure, which UCLA provides. And I just think this is Mick Cronin's year where he gets to the Final Four again with UCLA twice in three seasons. They have two ex- really experienced stars in Tiger Campbell and Jaime Jaquez, who has played phenomenal all season long. And I think they survived the loss of Jalen Clark with Amarley Bailey stepping up and being the star of this region. So I'm going with UCLA. All right, UCLA in Houston. And it just before we get to that pick and get to your final, Bama is a one seed. Marquette mm-hmm. is a two seed. UCLA is a two seed. And Houston is a one seed. So kind of what we talked about yeah. before, even though you're picking upsets throughout, you end up in a final four with two ones and two twos. I like to be chalky, too. It, it might just be a little... It, a sense of comfort to have right. two one seeds and two two seeds. That tends to be how I've done it the last couple well, of so years. I mean, it's but not crazy. You no. may get one, whatever, six or yeah. four or something, but like for the most part, you got to be realistic too. You're not going to yeah. have, I wouldn't think, even in a, what people call wide open tournament, mm-hmm. you're not going to have wild seeds being in there. You get like one or two right. here in there. That, that's why I was tempted to take Creighton. I think if there's a seed that's low that's going to make it there, it is Creighton just because of their starting five and the way they can defend, but... Um, yeah, like I said, two ones and two twos, and in this Houston UCLA matchup, this could be the game of the tournament for me. I, I think it's two teams that are very similar stylistically. You have two great coaches in Kelvin Sampson and Mick Cronin, um, but I am going with Houston because of the guard play. It, we got to remember this is a Final Four that's in Houston, where they will be essentially a home team. It's Jim Nance's final final swan song. It's his final. Oh, he's four. retiring after he, this. He's retiring from college hoops. He's also a Houston oh, I think alum. I knew that, yeah. It's, that I knew for sure there was Houston alum. The Stars, if if, if it's not going to happen for Houston this year and they're going to be my national champion, when well, is it going to happen? Yeah, it, why not happen for Jim Nance? Exactly. I mean, the, the fine, but also, this is the 40-year anniversary of the Cardiac Pack, NC State, beating Houston five Slamma Jamma in the national championship What do you know game. about that? You're 22, Jackson. It, that's my favorite document. Survive in Advance is my favorite documentary I've I've ever watched, watch honestly. I mean, um, but again, the 40-year anniversary of Five Slamma Jamma with Clyde Drexler, Akeem Olajuwon, mm-hmm. Benny Anders, all those guys. It's a 40-year anniversary of that for Houston to right all the wrongs in a game that they should have won against NC State, which they lost on a Lorenzo Charles dunk and put back. So I'm going with Houston. I'm a little worried about Marcus Sasser's health, but I think Houston, he eventually figures out. This is just over UCLA? They're going over UCLA, what about and they're going over Bama. Oh, Houston is the champion. Yep. All right. I've got it marked down now, Jackson. You're on the record. You're on the fan, I am on and the you're record. on the record. This is it. This is no play tournament with your family <laughs> or your buddies You know, at college at Fordham. This is for real now. You're on the air, yep. on the fan, and this is on the record. Again, like I said, got to put my cojones on the line here. I like it. There you go, cleaning it up. Clean, it, clean it up now. a little bit. Took I, an I, hour, I, but yeah. I, I learned on the radio better. eventually. He, he comes but... in before, he's just talking about nuts. And I'm like, I don't think you could say <laughs> I don't think you could say it. I've been in 20 years. I've never said that on the air. Yeah, I don't think you could say that on radio. No. Peanuts, of course. We're talking right, about. I don't right. know. Yeah. Did you get any nuts outside? They yeah. have some in the vending machine when you walk no, in. No, I skipped the nuts. I always go with nuts. It's like my mid-show snack. As a matter of fact, when really? we do the update, I'm going to go out and get some nuts. Yeah, because it gives me energy to get through the show. You know what I mean? I'm good. I'm going to pass on the nuts. Protein thank bars you, and nuts. No, I love nuts. <laughs> and apparently so does Jackson. All right. Jackson Heil, my buddy at SNY. We call him Action Jackson. Get familiar with it. Great job, Jackson. Thanks, uh, Sal. Giving us uh, 
us some education here to the college basketball tournament. Looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to holding you accountable to your picks. I will be betting San Diego State minus five and a half over Charleston, as you recommended. And we'll see what happens to Houston. Thanks, Jackson. Thank you, Sal. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.